Welcome to the ANA Podcast, Sports Talk with your hosts, Anthony Cortez, Alex Ashley, and Kevin Rowe. And welcome back. It's the ANA Sports Show, episode 125. This is part one. I am your host, Anthony Cortez, joined alongside my two good friends and co-hosts, Mr. Alex Ashley. What's up, everybody? And Mr. Kevin Rowe. Hey, hey, hey. What's going on, boys? How are we doing? Doing good, doing good. How about you, bud? I'm doing just... You know, living the dream, man. Living the living the virtual dream over here. I'm in finals week, so I'm fucking stressed. <laughs> Dude, I don't miss school at all, man. I, 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 I admire you for for liking school, actually, because I, I just don't like finals, but I like the rest of it. Yeah, <laughs> the rest of it's fine. <laughs> sixteen out of you know fifteen out of the sixteen weeks, I'm I'm totally rocking with. Right. Right. All right, boys. Well, we probably don't have any first-time listeners, but if we do, just in the off chance, we're an all-sports show. Let's get into it. Alex, do you have any highlights? Uh, oh, I do. Let me actually pull them up. So, uh, sorry, I'm so caught up in this game right now. Um, so, starting off, Foy Mayweather in just another very apparent attempt to show that uh, he is only in it for money and not for boxing, has announced on his Instagram that he'll be involved in a boxing exhibition against Logan Paul. Uh, I guess it's kind of a, a tier system. Nate Robinson was a very amateur. Logan Paul has some kind of practice. And then now uh, we'll see Floyd Mayweather after that. We'll see how that goes. Uh and one that I, I kind of found particularly funny, and this isn't so much of a highlight as this is kind of a, a joke for me. <laughs> uh, Philly's manager, uh, Philly's managing partner, John Milton, says that he wouldn't trade pitcher Zach Wheeler for Babe Ruth. That's why you're a managing partner and not a GM. Huh? That's why he's a managing partner, but not the actual GM. <laughs> My explanation for that could only have been... Uh, because one of them's been dead uh, for 73 years. <laughs> uh, and last but not least, in a, a seemingly very one-sided trade, the Rockets have agreed to trade Russell Westbrook to the Wizards for John Wall and a first-round pick. It seems very much uh, that the Wizards would have won this one, in my opinion. I, I don't see... Uh, John Wall on a first-round pick for the Rockets doing a whole, whole lot for that organization. But we shall see. As always, time will tell. Uh, but those... I disagree with your analysis on that. I think it's a pretty even trade. You think it's an even trade? Yeah. I mean, you're getting a triple-double guy every year with uh, Russell Westbrook. You get And getting back, you're getting John Wall, who is an all-star, and an... Uh, and an all NBA team, if I'm not mistaken, player and a first round pick. I think he's Wall is not as good as Westbrook, but I mean it's still pretty comparable. It's still right there when you're at throwing in that first round pick. Uh, I I don't know if I agree with that one. Yeah. Uh, Although I mean, my feelings for Russell Westbrook aren't great. I mean, you are right, Kev. He is a triple double guy. And, you know, that's awesome for the regular season, but, you know, what has he done lately in the playoffs? I, I know OKC fans, y'all made it to the West, you know, you made it to the finals with them, whatever. But since then, 
since he's he made it to the finals with KD. <laughs> he did, yes, correct. And since then, however long ago that was, feels like that oh, was ten years ago, probably because it was. Um, you know what has he done since then? So yes, great regular season player. Um, but again, what can he do for you in the playoffs? Um, but still, uh, I, yeah, I I like to think, or not like to think, but I think uh, Washington won that trade. Especially since uh, Houston doesn't even know if James Harden's going to show up to camp yet. So we'll see how I mean, that plays out. If they out. don't have a top five pick, usually first rounders are not worth a whole lot right now. So, yeah. Uh, but another news. All right. So it's the words time. And let's get straight to it, boys. We're going to start with the Sunday games. Um, we can do the we can do Washington and we can or we can do the Washington and Steelers game. We can do the Bills and 49ers. That's happening right now as we record. Um, but let's start with the Sunday games. Saints and Falcons. Um, I'm going to go – I'm going to start us off here, and I'm going to go with under the radar. The Saints are 10-2, and two, and it feels like they're quietly doing this. If They've won nine of – or they've won nine straight. Like, they're, they've won their last nine games, if I'm not mistaken. And it just – it kind of – like, I was thinking about it today. It just kind of feels like they're doing it um, – and excuse my biasism here, but it feels like they're doing it the spur, like the way the Spurs would dominate. Like they're winning, but they're doing it very quietly. And you know, the league, at least in my eyes, it feels like the league isn't giving them all that much credit. Yes, the league is making a big deal about uh, Drew Brees being out and Taysom Hill taking his place right now. But other than that, it just feels like they're kind of doing this under the radar. So those are my three words: under the radar, Alex. That was close. Uh, Falcons stayed in this game for a majority of the game. I mean, it, it was a pretty close game, you know, up until the fourth. Falcons did score one in the fourth. Uh, and the reason I say it was close, I mean, the Saints were never in a whole, whole lot of trouble. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but, I mean, if you're going to be playing – the Falcons close. So what does that mean when you start getting up against some better competition in the playoffs? So my three was that was close. Dual threat quarterback. Taysom Hill threw his first two regular season touchdowns. He threw for 232 yards, 27 of 37. Uh, or dare I say, Future franchise quarterback? How about that? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> no, that's wrong. I don't know, man. I mean, I he, showed, he showed he did pretty well in the game. Yeah, uh, he had against a- the Falcons, and he barely won. Relax. <laughs> Falcons have been playing good late, though. So Yeah, all four and eight. <laughs> so I'll get, I'm, I'm going to give him some credit, man, because he did throw well. He ran for 83 yards. Uh... Yeah, he had a fumble in the game, but so do some of the better quarterbacks out there. So, yeah, it's a small sample size, but who knows? All right, Lions and Bears. Uh, I don't have anything clever, so I just said Lions won. I could, if I wanted to be clever, I could say it uh, didn't matter, but um, I was kind of hoping that to use that for another game. But anyways. Um, Lions and Bears, yeah. Lions came away with a 34 to 30 uh, win, but both teams are the bottom half of the uh, division that they're in. 
So just, yeah, the Lions won. That's all I got. Kev? <laughs> They're the imposters. Bears are the imposters. They started this season five and one, and everybody was like, "Oh my god, the Bears!" Well, now they've lost six in a row, and capping it off with the loss here to the Lions. The Lions. <laughs> what more do I need to say? <laughs> Except for okay, I'll say this: Lions, good on you. Patricia's gone, and you win the game. But how many times do we see that? Somebody fires their coach, and you win the very next game. Texans did it this year. Falcons did it this year, and now the Lions. And it's funny you say that because my three words were firing coaches work. So every time this year somebody has fired their head coach, they go on to to win the next game. Matthew Stafford had a a great game. Peterson uh, did well, 16 carries, 57 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Did you fire him a day? Huh? I said, damn it, Jerry, fire McCarthy. <laughs> uh, Jones Jr. had a hell of a day. Eight, eight touches, uh, 116 yards and a touchdown. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know if it was a breath of fresh air or, or what it was, but they were looking good and they were looking loose uh, out there, which good and bad. But, uh, yeah, firing coaches works. All right, Browns and Titans. I'm gonna. I had one written down, but it's too generic, and I don't like it, so I just came up with one right now. I'm <laughs> gonna go with. The, huh? What was it though? Browns are good. Okay. <laughs> but it's, yeah, I'm gonna go with he felt dangerous, as in Baker Mayfield. Uh, 334 yards, four touchdowns. All all four of those were in the first half, if I'm not mistaken. But wow, 41-35. Browns perhaps making a statement win or with a statement win against the Titans. So, yeah, he felt dangerous. Alex? Uh, so <laughs> I was trying to think of a less ridiculous one. The one that I had was holy fucking shit. Because, um, like, wow. You know what I mean? 41 to 35. Uh, Cleveland is now 9 and 3. Uh, you know, Baker Mayfield looked good. You know, Rashad Higgins, CSU grad, looked good. Nick Chubb looked good. Their defense looked good, not great, but good. I mean, they held Derrick Henry to 60 yards on 15 touches. They made Tannehill throw the ball, and he did well throwing the ball. 29 of 45, almost 400 yards, three pick, three touchdowns and a pick. Uh, but, wow, I mean, that was incredible. Uh, biggest takeaway, though, is pressure on Baker Mayfield brings down his game a substantial amount. Um, he had almost no pressure on in this game. And I mean, you, you look at what he did. Uh, so the recipe there, I guess is pretty, pretty evident. You can get pressure. You're going to do much better. Uh, but I don't know if this is one of those things where it's a credit to Cleveland or a knock on Tennessee. Uh, I'm still trying to kind of decide that. Uh, but holy fucking shit. Barely hanging on. This game was truly a game of two halves. And the Browns barely hung on to this game at the end. Uh, Browns outscored the Tennessee Titans 38-7 to in the first half. In the second half, they were outscored 28-3, to scoring zero points in the fourth quarter. 
So their offense that they came out of the gate absolutely burning with was extinguished in the second half. So take that for what it's will. They get for for what you will. They got the win, but they have a lot of issues that they need to address as far as adjustments go. Because Tennessee adjusted just wasn't quite enough. All right, Bengals and Dolphins. I'm going to go with um, we miss Joey. Bengals only uh, managed one touchdown out of, out of the game, and maybe with Joey this might have been a different game, but, of course, we'll never know, and we hope Joey is getting well. But, um, yeah, that's all I really got. Uh, we miss Joey. Um, and this would have been a fun matchup with Tua as well. 19-7, um, to 7, Dolphins came out of the win, but uh, who knows what it would have been with, with Joey Burrow in there. So, yeah, we miss Joey. Kev? Tua is back. He had a thumb injury and was out last week. He was projected to be out at least two weeks. But they announced game time that Tua's back going to be playing today. Sweet. 26 of 39 for 296 and a touchdown. This guy seemingly can't lose. Except for that one game where he didn't show up and they put in fits. But I'm wondering if he was injured during that one because he missed the game right after it. So, makes you wonder, when he's healthy, can you beat him? Alex? That defense, though, uh, Miami's defense is incredible. Uh, easily, the Cincinnati Bengals without the first overall pick. <laughs> uh, and fair, but you look at the defense for the rest of the games they play too, and it's still incredible. I agree, uh, it's a good defense. <laughs> huh? I agree, it's a good defense. Uh, and it, but it's from the turnaround from last year and what they able to do this year. I mean, it's it's impressive. Like, yeah, Tua did great. He scored all of nineteen points. You know, good job. Uh, but when you can hold an opponent to scoring once in a game, no matter who it is. That's crazy. You look at Miami's defense, what it was last year, this is a leaps and bounds better uh, than what it was. Uh, you know, they are – what is that? Let me see this one. Yeah, they have the least points scored against them in the NFL on average at 17.7. Uh, and they're, like, halfway up there on offense. They're in 16th spot for 25 points for. But, again, if you're holding – teams on average to 17 points your defense is doing something right it's it's impressive what they've been able to do um okay it helps when you pay play the jets twice <laughs> yeah well you know i agree i mean oof. you're still holding up that average offense you know what i mean the great best start defense to a season were, since 2003 huh that starts into a season since 2003 yeah. I think that was Chad Pennington days for them. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that would have been. Before he went to the Jets, I think. But yeah, I'm just – I'm so impressed with their defense this year. Mm -hmm. They made some good additions. One highlighted by, I know, at least Byron Jones. Mm-hmm. Van Noy. Yeah, Van Noy. Kev, you went right. You went. You went for this game. Yeah, two is back. 
Okay, cool. Uh, it was uh, what game was next? It was the Jags and Vikings. What did I put down? I put down defense still wins. Vikings won on a um, on an interception that led to led to a game winning field goal. So uh, defense still wins. It was an overtime victory, twenty seven twenty four. Alex, Vikings like drama. Uh, Kirk Cousins played well again in this game. Uh, I don't want to take anything away from Dalvin Cook. Again, played well this game. Uh, but for whatever reason, I feel like the Colts like drama. This isn't their first overtime win. Uh, you know, I think it might even be the second in a row. Yeah, didn't they beat the Panthers in overtime too last week? Sounds right. Let me double check because now. No, I think the Panthers had a chance to win it and missed the field goal. Oh, okay, that's what it was. Yeah, uh, but yeah, they're they're late game heroics, you know, overtime games, this kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, they won twenty twenty seven last week. Okay, uh, but yeah, they're they're a tough team, but like I feel like they just are far too dramatic as a team for some reason. Yeah. Uh, and they're playing a lot of games close. They're not blowing out anybody. They won by three points, by one point, lost by, what, three points, won by six points. Uh, so, yeah, they're just a very dramatic team. A lot of their games are very close. Cap? I'd say unexpected nail-biter. Um, yeah, they go to overtime with the Jags, and winning on a field goal is – unprecedented because I really thought that this would have been a easy win for the Vikings. The Jaguars are 111. They're in the hunt for that number one overall pick, which is they're not going to get, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I thought the, the Vikings are six and six with this win. They are not a six and 16 talent wise. They have a lot of talent on this roster. I feel like they are a better team than what their record shows. Just it just hasn't come out on the field. So to be a nail bit fighter like this against the Jags was surprising to me. Alex? Oh, you already went. You already went. Sorry. Yeah, my bad. Raiders Jets. Um again I had one written down, but I just came up with one that I like that I like better. Uh walk off touchdown. Uh this was a last-second win by the Raiders. Uh, the, Jets out, the Jets set out uh, or sent an all-out blitz. That's what I originally had written down, cover zero blitz. Um, but they sent uh, an uh, all-out blitz on that last play. It allowed uh, Henry Ruggs to get open for a whatever, how many yard touchdown that was. Um, but, yeah, walk-off touchdown for the Raiders, uh, 31-28. Kevin. Wrong guy fired. After this game today, it was announced that Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator, was fired from the Jets. Uh, why the defensive coordinator should be – he should get a promotion if they're trying to get the number one overall pick. <laughs> you know? No, this they should be firing Adam Gase. I mean, you brought them both in at the same time and you're firing the defensive coordinator for the 0-11 start? Uh, I'm sorry, 0-12 start? No, you need to be firing the head coach for an 0-12 start. Uh, you should be seeing some results on the field, not going backwards. 
But I will say this about the game. This was another unexpected nail-biter. Yeah, seriously. Alex? Uh, the first domino. Uh, in, in no case, in my, in my opinion, in no reason should the defensive coordinator have been fired before the head coach. The head coach has proven by far and away that he is entirely incompetent, at least at this position. He was hired to his level of incompetency, and he is not getting any better. Uh, any stat that was going to be put in his favor, anything that you could see that he put in his favor has gone the opposite. He was there to make Sam Darnold better. He was there to be an offensive guru, and that just has been almost the exact opposite. I think we see regression in most cases. I mean, he made Le'Veon Bell virtually like valueless. I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, but I think that the firing of the head <laughs> or the firing of the defense coordinator was two things. Number one, I don't think he wanted to be the face of a defense, the second defense that went 0-16. Uh, and number two, I think it's really the first domino. I think everybody's going to get fired at the end of the season, and I think he was just the first scapegoat. Uh, I think it's one of those cases where we will see more firings in the Jets organization, uh, and I think this was just the first piece to fall. Uh, because it's one of those times where, you know, it kind of makes sense to do it. Why would you do that? Oh, you called the wrong play at the wrong time. You're fired. You know, let's say they had won that game or they win out or some ridiculous thing after that. And the defense looks good and they're doing well. We can't fire them then. But, you know, you can fire him now because he made one bad call. You know what I mean? Uh, so I, this, I see this being just the first domino and many to fall. This is the first firing. Colts and Texans. Um, I'm going to go with Deshaun. Deshaun deserves better, as in Deshaun Watson. Um, was able to watch this game, and it was pretty crushing to see that the Texans actually had a chance to win um, down the uh, down the stretch there. Uh, Deshaun had an opportunity to go down the field and score score a game winning, or, or sorry, go, game or yeah, you know what I mean. He had a chance to put a game going. Ahead, uh, touchdown, and the the defense was proving that they could that they could hold the hold the Colts all day long. Um, so for him to uh, fumble a snap, a bad snap that is, um, was just pretty crushing to watch. And he was very visibly upset on the sidelines after the game. Um, but he's playing with little to no weapons at all, um, and he just he deserves better. He's a good quarterback, deserves better. So yeah, Kev, make the snap. Seriously, this is something you do on, on a daily basis, multiple times a game. It's a shotgun snap. How do you fuck that up at the end of the game when you have a, when you're in goal to go situation? How do you make that mistake? It's no, yeah, I agree with you 100%. Sean deserves better. Alex. Colts look vulnerable. They've always kind of looked vulnerable. Like, they haven't ever really looked like a solid, cohesive team a whole lot this season. They have some pretty marquee wins, and they have some, you know, they have some understandable losses. But much to, you know, 
Kevin's theory on the, the Chiefs, you know, they just, they don't look right. They don't look right at all to me. Um, so even if Indy does make it to the playoffs, I almost assume they're going to be like a non-factor. I, I don't have a great explanation why, but I just, there's something not right with Indy. Um, because on paper, everything looks pretty good. T.Y. Hilton had a great game. Phillip Rivers did well, 27-35, 285 yards, a couple touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor, 13 carries, 91 yards. But they, they <laughs> on a, 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 a fumble. And really, if the uh, Houston hadn't turned over uh, the ball twice before that, or I guess once before that, maybe it would have been a different story in the first place. You know what I mean? Uh, but Colts look vulnerable. Rams and Cardinals, I'm going to go with thank you, Giants, as in the Rams saying thank you to the Giants for uh, beating the Seahawks. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but with this win against the Cardinals, it put, it put the Rams in a first-place first tie with the Hawks. So I think the Rams said thank you, to, thank you to the Giants. Alex? Go Rams, go. <laughs> Uh, I know it's kind of generic, but I like this Rams team. I like what they're made of. And I've been saying early on, you know, I think this is a better team than a lot of people give credit for. You know, you want to talk shit on Jared Goff? Well, how about, you know, 37 to 47, over 350 yards and a touchdown? You know, you want to talk shit about Cam Akers or the running back situation, which they don't run the ball particularly well at any one time. They tend to do like a whoever has the hottest hand right now. But even then, Cam Akers, 21 carries, 72 yards, and a touchdown. They have a plethora of wide receivers they can go to, Cooks and Cup, or Woods and Cup. Uh, you know, and their defense, more than anything, is top five in the league. I mean, you look at Sam Darnold company, you have shut down corner. They're holding Arizona, and that, I mean, spectacular offense to 28 points, and then scoring 38 on top of that. Uh, so go Rams go may seem kind of generic, but like, I think that they're a lot better team than a lot of people give credit for. They just don't have all the razzle dazzle. So we don't care. Kev. Goff reaching potential? Question mark. He's finally starting to show what, what he, they were hoping with that number one overall pick 37 to 47 for 351 and a touchdown. And he had a rushing touchdown in this game. Uh, yeah. I mean, this team coming into the season and what they showed at the beginning of the season is that they're a running football team. Well, golf showed in this game they can be a passing football team too. Yeah, they scored on three rushing plays, and they ran for 119 yards. But when you're throwing for 351 and a touchdown, you can be a passing offense too. So, and he – did those 37 receptions to nine different receivers. So they're spreading the ball. So I'm impressed. Color me impressed. I'm scared of you. <laughs> Giants and Seahawks. Colt McCoy forever. Colt McCoy comes in and perhaps – not shocks the world, but I mean, at least shocks the football world and beats the beats the Seahawks. Although the, the Seahawks have been been looking a little vulnerable too lately. Um, but Colt McCoy forever, a former former Longhorn, um, back before UTSA had a football team, and as a kid growing up and watching the Longhorns play, he was he was one of my he's he's one of my all time favorite Longhorns. So it, I just 
I love seeing good things happen to this guy in the league because I think he deserves it. It's Cole McCoy forever. Alex. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it. So, <laughs> mine was uh, Texas Forever 12. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, same. I have been a football fan since Applewhite and Sims. And, like, it, it, I, you know, I, I've been a UT fan my entire life. And I watched Colt McCoy and all the seasons that he played. He wasn't injured. We would have fucking beat Bama. Um, I'm still really salty about that. Um, you know, and then it was great watching Vince after him, but Colt was always one of those guys. If you watched him in college and even in the pro, you just want good, you want him. He's just a good dude. He's the dude that swam into the middle of the lake to save a drowning neighbor kid. He's the guy that, you know, was the leader of the Texas locker room, the face of that organization, and then went on to be a really good uh, 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 backup. And, you know, it's kind of sucks to say, but he's been a backup. But I can only imagine the level of professionalism it takes to do that. Now, I mean, this is a huge game for him because, I mean, holy shit, what the fuck? You know what I mean, Giants beat the Seahawks, the one of the worst divisions beating one of the best divisions. That's kind of crazy pants. Um, uh, any given Sunday, bud. Any given uh, Sunday. Do what? Any given, any given Sunday. Yes, I agree. Yeah, for sure. <coughs> Um, so yeah, it just, it, uh, congrats, you know, great job, Joe Judge, great job, uh, Cole McCoy, uh, <laughs> Texas Forever 12. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, were those, were those three, your three words? Uh-huh, yeah, Texas Forever 12. No, Kev, oh. you said, any no, mine's four straight games. That is four straight wins for the New York Giants. Yeah. That is, and everybody had them buried at the bottom of the standings in the NFC East, but here they come, roaring back. Four straight wins without Saquon Barkley and now without Daniel Jones. They're still finding ways to win. It's, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm surprised. They're an interesting team. We should, we'll talk about them in the next uh, – episode but like there are people who think that they're good enough as a team now to get a playoff one if they if, if they make it or i got another one for you judge knows best Ooh, joe yeah. judge i'm gay i'm not gonna you win four play. straight games with your backup quarterback and your backup running back i don't know yeah maybe he know he does know something maybe he is a good coach after everybody not that hiring but hey yeah the wide receivers coach turned head coach. Yeah. All right, Packers and Eagles. I'm going to go with just showing off as an Aaron Rodgers at this point, just showing off. Um, 295 yards, three touchdowns, uh, reaches 400 career touchdowns, and he was the fastest. He's the fastest to do that. So uh, he's just showing off at this point. Kev? Pissed off Rodgers. <laughs> 295 and three touchdowns. I mean, the guy does it again. This guy's going to be an MVP. He keeps this up. I see no reason why he's not going to win the MVP award again. Outside of maybe Mahomes. I think it's a two-horse race, and it's got to be those two. Would you disagree? No. But, well. Yeah, I was like, right now, no, I can't really think of anybody else. Yeah, no, nobody right now that's standing out the way he is. 
Like you could, I mean, Tyreek Hill maybe, but then you have to think, well, who's throwing the ball to him? But he's been able to do some pretty great stuff with it in his hands. By the uh, way, thank you for mentioning his name because if I'm allowed, I, I, I think I'd like to rant a little bit in part two about, about Tyreek Hill. But anyways, we can get to that. We can get to that when we get to that. <laughs> I'm super curious about that. Yeah, I'm ready. I, I want to know what's going on with that. Anyway. So for me, my three words are, does it hurt? <laughs> Thank you. I was pretty proud of that one. <laughs> uh, you win the three-word games, sir. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Game over. No more. We're uh, done. We're just ending it. Alex wins this week. Hey. Uh, but yeah, does it hurts? Um, so yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts came in. Uh, and after coming in, you know, looked like some Don't good. Wince it hurts. Wince it hurts. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, I mean, and, and there's some good and some bad in that. Um, you know, there were there were some pluses and minuses when he came in uh, that make you think, well, maybe he does need to stay. There were some flashes of some talent that he showed at Oklahoma. Uh, you know, he's able to throw. He only competed five of twelve to Carson Wentz's six of fifteen. Um, but what is that? He had you know thirty more yards. He was averaging nine point one yards a throw, which they haven't done since I think it was two thousand eight. Um, you know, neither of them had a particularly good uh, rating. But Hertz was also able to do some things on the ground. Um, five for twenty nine. Carson Wentz is three for eighteen. Um, but it's one of those things where I- I'm almost wondering if Doug Peterson did this to, to kind of rile up Carson Wentz, because they said in practice not too long ago that when Jalen Hurts was getting reps with the, with the ones and not just the twos, um, that he was like physically frustrated. You could see it in his body language. You could see it on his face that he was getting frustrated. So I'm wondering if this is supposed to be that motivation to get him back to where he was. Cause if you look at where he was going, he was improving the first three seasons. He improved, accuracy by almost 10% from first year to second year. He improved in uh, quarterback rating. He proved in yards. Um, and then I'll also remind you guys that, you know, in their fourth year, Eli Manning led the league in interceptions, much as Wentz leads the league in interceptions. Uh, Peyton Manning had a terrible, terrible uh, fourth year. I think they went like six and 10 when he was with Indy. Uh, so I think I, I'm, I'm questioning you know, is this Doug Peterson's way to motivate Wentz to be the quarterback that he needs him to be uh, so they can get back to to, to prominence? Uh, so the question, does it hurts, you know, is aimed at like, you know, if you don't want to sit down, if you don't want to be the second team guy, then, you know, you got to do better. Uh, Patriots and Chargers, I'm going to go with did it matter um, because Chargers are clearly out of the playoff picture. Um and then the Patriots are kind of still hanging on by a thread at least, but they need a lot of help, I think, if I looked at it correctly. So I'm going to just go with, did it matter? Sure, you blew out the Chargers, but, like, okay, cool. Kev? Three-phase win. Patriots won this game in dominating fashion in all three phases of the ball. They won it on offense, mostly rushing the ball. They won it on defense, scoring a shutout, and they won it on special teams uh, with a, a blocked, I think it was a field goal, 
a blocked field goal for a touchdown, and then a 61-yard punt return that was almost a touchdown. This game was dominated in all three facets of the game by the Patriots, which is shocking because going into this game, it, for Vegas, it was a pick em. Alex? Uh, Bill's the GOAT. Bill's the GOAT. I know there was a lot of question of, you know, how much does Tom need Bill and how much does Bill need Tom? But I think that we're learning that those two are pretty good at existing without each other. Uh, But I mean, yeah, Bill is the GOAT. He has taken a team where he has a decimated defense. He lost players. Players chose to opt out. You know, he's got injuries. There's a decimated defense. He has a special teams which is easily one of the best, but it's still equally as decimated in a lot of senses that they don't have all the players had before. And then they're winning games when your quarterback has 69 total yards passing. When a running back has 80 yards, and that's your leading running back. You had, in total, 126 yards passing in this game. You had, in total, 165 yards rushing in this game. And you're still finding ways to win. Uh you know, I think they said they're four and one when Cam doesn't turn the ball over. Well, even with one turnover, they still won forty-five to zip. Uh, and you know, to your point, Anthony, it kind of it does matter. It does matter to the Patriots because here's the thing: they're two games back of a playoff spot. They're in the hunt right now. If Buffalo were to lose this game, they have like I think it was like a forty to fifty percent chance to get back to even potentially winning the division. Like, it, it matters because what we're seeing is it doesn't matter who Bill has, they can win games. And he's doing it with a decimated team and doing it in complete dominating fashion in complementary football, all three phases, like Kevin said. Uh, it's – Bill is – Bill's the GOAT. That's fair. Broncos and Chiefs, I'm going to go with not there yet. Um, let me pull it up real quick here. Sorry, phone went blank. Uh, Drew Locke and the and the Broncos hung in hung in pretty well with the defending Super Bowl champions. Had it even, had a chance to win it even. Drew Locke uh, throws for 151 yards, two touchdowns, and hangs in tight. Like I said, with with the defending Super Bowl champions, was given the ball with uh, a little over two minutes left, if I'm not mistaken, to for a chance to go down and and um, win the game or get the game go go ahead touchdown. Um, but throws an interception to all but put the game away. So um, just not quite there yet. But, yeah, not there yet is what I'm going to go with. Kev? Kelsey's the GOAT. I mean, Travis Kelsey, man. I don't know what else to say about 136 yards and a touchdown. This guy does it week in, week out. Doesn't matter what's going on. Doesn't matter how if he's injured or hurt or whatever. He's going and he is scoring, and you can't stop him. Well said, Kev. Alex. Uh, Broncos are tough. So I was really high on the Broncos coming into this year. I think I had them like undefeated up until like week six or seven or something like that when we did our. We can't find anything to talk about during quarantine pickums. Uh, so I was really high on them this year, and and you know with some injuries and some bad bad luck, <laughs> um, you know they they 
have had some good games and had some bad games. I mean, Melvin Gordon did well this game. Drew Locke did pretty well this game. Uh, Fant did pretty well this game. Um, and their defense is, is, is looks like it's getting better also. Uh, you know, they have some great young talent on the, the receiver side of the ball. If they can get an offensive tackle and an offensive guard, I think this is, again, easily a, a 10, 11, 12 win team. Um, they have a quarterback who can do exactly what he needs to do to play the ball or to play the game. You know, he's going to get better. He's still young. Uh, and when he's had a lot of injuries so far, they have a good committee of running backs and Lindsay and Gordon and all those guys. And they have a great young wide receiver core uh, who's only going to get better with, with more time. And, you know, with Vic Vangio at the helm, you know, that defense is going to get better. And they held the Kansas City Chiefs to 22 points. They were able to put up 16 against them. Denver's a tough out. Denver, Denver's tough, man. Kev. Already went. Kelsey's the goat. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Uh, the just the just now or just recently final as we're recording this on a Monday night game, Washington, Steve, Washington and Pittsburgh shock the world. The Washington, uh, the Washington football team has shocked the world tonight and taken down, um, taken down the Steelers. So. Yeah. Whoever wants to go next, Alex. Oh yeah, was your three shock the world? Yes. Sorry. Okay, gotcha. Well, you'd be surprised. Colin Cowherd, who is all but my sports idol, uh, <laughs> actually picked Washington to to win this game. So, uh, what a fucking sports nerd. Um. <laughs> so mine would be a. Uh, uh, Ron's doing something. Ron's doing something up there in Washington. He's got a great defensive line. The defense will only get better under Ron Washington. It's what he does best. They have some really good pieces on the offensive side of the ball, and they have a quarterback who can actually get them places. I mean, you got to remember Alex Smith was getting the Chiefs to the playoffs consistently. He was getting the 49ers to the playoffs consistently. Now, he's a little bit different now, obviously, with a leg that was four times its usual <laughs> size, uh, but is now swelled back down a little bit. But still, Gibson, he's going to be a good running back. Uh, uh, McLaren is a great wide receiver. They have multiple guys to throw to. Uh, McKissick is good catching the ball out of the backfield as well as running. Um, like Washington is going to get better. It's a pretty quick turnaround, but... They got something cooking up there. Ron's doing something. Yep. Air raid offenses? I mean, this game was all pass-dominated. Pass 305 yards passing from Pittsburgh, 273 from Washington. Only a combined 66 yards of rushing for both teams. I mean, both these teams have dominated games with their rushing attack several times. So to actually see them be stifled that much is amazing. I'm not happy. <laughs> um, I was going to go to you next, Kevin, to see if you wanted to say your three for your Cowboys coming up and, uh, tomorrow night. But um, you want to go ahead? They are healthy. Baltimore is getting some healthy players back. The Lamar Jackson was announced that he's off the COVID-19 list and will be playing on Tuesday, and there are a few others that will be joining as well. So uh, 
I guess good on them for getting healthy kind of sucks for the Cowboys because, yeah, it's going to make it that much tougher. But, I mean, at least you're playing a more complete team, so it'll be a valid win, <laughs> quote-unquote, if they win, of course. Yeah. Uh, to quote my dad, play to win. Uh, if you're the Cowboys, say just go out there and play to win. Uh, you got nothing else to lose. The game, the season's over for you, but uh, I mean, you have a chance to beat a team that has been looking vulnerable. So, play to win. Alex, uh, pretty questionable. Uh, it's pretty questionable, and the reason I say that is you have so many guys that are supposed to be coming back, guys that are injured, guys that are coming off the COVID list. But just because they came off the COVID list doesn't mean they're ready to play necessarily. Like they've had a lot of time off. I'm, I'm almost concerned at what this game is going to look like. You know, you'd hope that with a lot of time off, uh, you know, that you, things would get better for everybody that you have time to rest and heal and game plan and all that good stuff. But, you know, we've also seen some pretty weird things going on this year. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's pretty questionable. All right. Um, we could do the Bills and 49ers. They're playing as we speak right now. Um, um, as of right now, the Bills are ahead 17-7. to 7. They're ahead 10. Uh, so if, it's, if it stays, I'm going to go with um, still rolling on, um, as in the Bills still rolling on. So that's all I got. Kev? To be expected, the Bills are winning by 10 in the third quarter, so – uh, 49ers have not looked good this year. They've also been injured to hell this year. So, and the Bills have looked good pretty much all season. So it's kind of par for the course what we're seeing right now. Not a huge dominant win by the Bills, but they're doing enough to stay ahead of the game and be winning. Uh, finally got one. Bills are the last team left uh, in the NFL to not have won a Monday night football game this century. Uh, Doug Flutie, I believe, was the last Bills quarterback to win a Monday night football game, and that was in 1999. Um, so, you know, <laughs> it's been a minute. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, that would have to be uh, – finally got one. All right, boys. Well, that was fun. Um Want to do favorite things? I honestly do not have one. I just didn't see anything throughout the week, and I don't have one. But, Alex, do you have one? Um, I had one, but I can't find the – oh, yeah, here you go. Okay, so uh, Ryan Reynolds uh, and Rob McElhaney, do you know who those – do you know who Rob McElhaney is? No. Have you watched uh, – it's always – Huh? They bought a soccer franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have, oh, have, yeah. You ever, have you ever watched It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I have, uh, but I, I know the. I, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. So Mac from that show, Mac, think, the yeah. weird one who does all the – he wants karate guy? Yeah. So him and Ryan Reynolds bought a soccer team in England. Uh, and I thought that was really cool. And also Rob McElhaney donated like 6,000 uh, pounds to a kid who was, needed some uh, – a surgery done, uh, who was a supporter of the team that they just bought. So I, I also thought that was really cool. Uh but these guys were kind of in the franchise they bought was the second oldest in their league. Correct. Yeah. Second oldest in England. Yeah. 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 
Uh, Are you surprised I know some shit about I was, I'm a little surprised. I was like, <laughs> nice, well done. Uh, I actually read about that. About, I think it was, it was a few weeks ago I read about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That they were buying it, so. Uh, but I just, I just, I thought, I just think it's so cool, uh, you know, to, to, to see these guys that it's one of those things where, you know, help bring soccer to the forefront. People need to know that other people like it too. You know what I mean? So when people see like LeBron have ownership and in, in Liverpool and to see these guys buying soccer teams and people being invested. In, oh, and another one on top of that, speaking of soccer, uh, Weston McKinney is the first United States player to score, uh, in Serie A in Italy. Uh, he plays for Juventus, which is the same team Ronaldo plays for. Uh, first U.S. guy to do that, uh, Christian Pulisic also scored, and um, Sergio Reyna scored. So we had a, an American score in three different leagues in the top three leagues in Europe. Uh, so the American wave, as they like to say, in Europe is, is here to stay. We have some good guys over there, and it's so exciting. Because you're seeing more and more players saying to their owners and their management and their coaches, I will go play in the U.S. at some point. I want to go play there. They're getting better. They're better teams and better talent. You know, you see the kind of guys that they're producing. So that's super exciting. That's absolutely <sighs> riveting, man. I got goosebumps. Okay, we got oh, are you still a UTSA fan? Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> um, excuse us for having a winning season this year. How what? <laughs> so I would say honestly, last week I went five and zero on my five fantasy teams for fantasy football. So <laughs> nice. yeah. not much this week. <laughs> yeah, same here. I'll try to have one next week. All right, uh, continue to be good to yourself and be good to each other out there. Don't drink and drive. Don't text and drive. Wear a mask, please. Um, we're still in the mess. We're still in this COVID mess. So please do your part to. Get us out of it soon. Um, But yeah, with that, we'll say later. Peace. See ya.